With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The world is waiting, waiting for new thinking. For bold ideas that embrace a globally connected community, working together to create a better future for all. And that future, it can be found here at UC Riverside. Here, you'll join a community where diversity equals vitality, where support and empowerment lifts spirits and propels ideas forward. Fearless, innovative, connected. UC Riverside. Bold hearts, brilliant minds. podcast for the very first time in video not just audio guys and wow what a day this is the uh, quadruple treble charity weekender and my goodness guys we have a quadruple treble to celebrate as celtic fans mm-hmm. i am hamish john say hello hello how is everyone doing how's the chat doing um we're on to chat about celtic for an hour and we've also got paul fisher making his youtube debut is that correct paul I think it is, yeah. First time on YouTube, long time on podcast. I'm absolutely buzzing for this. It's it's been it's been a roller coaster a day, and this hour will be absolutely brilliant. I'm, I'm sure everybody will agree. He's absolutely a face for the the podcast scene, isn't he? 
Look at him. He's got a nice new balance top on. Good on you, mate. Anyway, we've got a few bits of housekeeping we need to do beforehand. Um, just to echo what um, Callum CFB just said just there, and, and great show, by the way, guys. Um, just a big thank you to Paul John Dykes for, for having three numpties on to chat about Celtic on the uh, the prime spot the the prime spot on a Sunday evening. Um, big well done to everyone who's watching, everyone who's donated twenty one thousand pounds close to. It's incredible, and we've still got ages to go. You've got to listen to us for the next hour. So hopefully, in that time, people can get their wallets out and get involved because there's so many um, really good causes. You know, we've got Rock Talk. Food Fact, Friends, Food Bank, Children First and Help for the Homeless as well. So at this time of year, John, um, some really good um, charities and causes to get behind. Yeah, fantastic. Someone, Philip Halloran in the YouTube chat, wants us to start singing the Rebs. It's maybe a bit early for that, mate. Um, we'll maybe get Paul on that if you donate um, enough, if not enough cash. We'll maybe get Paul doing that and disgracing himself. I've got an idea for the charity. If people want to donate and haven't yet, I know it's a difficult time of Christmas, so why not, if you're able... Donate four pounds for the for the quadruple treble. If everyone who is currently watching donates four pounds for the quadruple treble, you will boost this um, total that's gone beyond twenty thousand pound up towards the twenty five thousand pound mark. That's what you should do if you're able. Paul, what are your thoughts on on today in general? Where to start? I think it's <laughs> half time. You're sitting there thinking, "Here we go. How many are we going to get?" But it wasn't to be, and it's the story of the Celtic season so far. I think the the way that the game went and the way that the the whole trophy, um, the whole the whole thing is just it's it's mind blowing. I don't think I've still not wrapped my head around the fact. And I remember us doing podcasts on the treble, treble, the first treble, the second one, and history making every single time. And and here we are again for the fourth time in a row talking about another Celtic treble. It's it's just incredible. Right, lads. If the emotion after the first one, the Tom mm. Rogic one, was complete euphoria, the second one, a little bit more subdued, but still amazing. The third one, I don't know what that was. Just that was like tears running down your face type thing. <laughs> what What are we feeling after the fourth one, Paul? Yeah, knackered. No, go, Paul. Go, Paul. No, I, I think I think the overwhelming feeling was when Ayers' penalty hit the back of the net was was a was a wave of relief. But it was it was sheer elation. We have been longing for this this fight. This cup final has been a, a long time in waiting. So we we went through a rollercoaster emotions. I've already said, but I was after the Tom Rogic, I was close to tears. And I was close to tears again today. It was it was bizarre because I I didn't expect it because of the way that this season has been going. And obviously, this is a last season's competition, but the, the the emotion just hit me towards the end. And and now that we've actually we've we've sealed the deal and we've sealed our place in history, I think that we'll, we'll start to unpick everything. But um, just euphoria. Right, we've got over five hundred people watching us at the Wonderful. moment. Um, now I'm okay. I failed higher maths twice, but I've worked out, John, that if Everybody watching it gave four pounds. That'd be mm. two thousand pounds straight away. So Lovely. there you go. And um, we've got a few people in the comments as well, commenting saying that they're feeling different things. Um Christopher Gillespie, I don't think I have laughed, cried, cheered and roared so much all in the one game. Got to admit, uh, I went next door at the penalties. As a, a Scotland fan who's had plenty of experience of penalty shootouts, um 
I must say, it was pretty amazing. Am I ever going to lose a penalty shootout? That's three from three. Mm. Uh, and Ryan Christie and Callum McGregor have been involved in them all. We've got Regan watching as well. Hi, Regan. Um, great to see you involved. Um, and yeah, we should say, just before we go on with things and we get properly into the nuts and bolts of what happened today, uh, a big thank you to our boss, Vic, um, at GRB Media and 67 Heel Heel for sponsoring this show with um, a £250 donation. Big thanks to him. Um, as I say, John, we will get into what happened today and properly in a wee second, but do you want to maybe tell people a little bit about what we do uh, from, from Monday to Friday? Yeah, we write and create videos about Celtic, basically, as a... And we're very lucky to be able to do it as a job and, and we enjoy doing it. So we offer opinion and news and analysis on the website and um, reaction um, with our colleagues Ewan and David and you create well, daily YouTube videos at this point um, just talking about everything to do with Celtic and um, managing to wind up Rangers fans in the comments, which is always welcome. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're, I think we're maybe professional Rangers bammer-uppers. Is that, is that the right thing to say? Yeah. And Paul, the the grand old podcast, uh, you know, some people, very few people probably in the chat will have actually heard of us. Um, some people, you know, may have. Just tell people a little bit about how long we've been going um, and, and what we aim to do on the podcast. It seems like we've been going for forever, to be honest, but we've, we're kind of stop-start. We always kind of take long breaks and things like that. But the Grand Old Podcast has been about for four years, five years, I think, now. Um, the three of us work together at the Celtic Life Project, and, and we've been firm friends ever since. And we thought once we, we the project came to an end, we would mm. we'd always kind of... Um, do something Celtic related and we started up the podcast and, and we always have, have great feedback from from the listeners and, and the fans and it's brilliant to to know that people um like to hear opinions from from three numpties basically and as it's, it's brilliant to be, <laughs> it's it, it's it's just a, such a fun thing to do. Obviously the last few years have been absolutely brilliant. As as a Celtic fan this year has been a lot more challenging and, and there's challenging times to come. But today is one I think although there are the questions to be asked. We we take the positives from it, and, and then we start again tomorrow and and, and go on for for more trophies. Mm. Do you know that the first podcast we ever recorded was after a cup final at Hamden in December, and it was actually, funnily enough, the first of the twelve. It was a three 0 against Aberdeen back in December twenty sixteen. So, you know, there's a neat symmetry. I mean, I'm not saying this is the final of our grand old podcast. Who knows? It may be, depending on how the next 50 minutes go and, and what goes down. Maybe the Rebs do come out and, and we're taking off the air. But, um, yeah, guys, you know, we're going to get into what happened today because it's uh, it's a tough, tough one to, to analyse, John, because yeah. we've won another trophy. We've won the quadruple treble. It's now 12 consecutive domestic trophies but amongst all of that history making and record breaking stuff there's a lot of stuff that isn't so good at the club yeah but you know I'm, I'm tempted to kind of kick that down the road a wee bit um I mean we should talk about the achievement first and foremost I know we've just been on the 67 Hail Hail channel but you know a lot of people in the chat will be absolutely desperate to hear a bit of positive Celtic chat and I think the first thing that you need to say about this Celtic team is that they're born winners I know things aren't going so well in the league and they haven't gone well in Europe this season but this is a moment to take and enjoy Celtic I think and enjoy 
what was a crazy cup final, one of the most the strangest I've ever seen. And there was certainly a lot of, um, you know, I was certainly went through all the emotions today. I went through anger. I went through um, disbelief. I went through joy. Um, everything you could possibly experience um, as a Celtic fan from today's game. I think that it's kind of almost a microcosm of the season today in many ways. I think there are serious questions to answer about the future direction of the club and this team. But Neil Lennon, the first ever um, player and manager to win a treble in Scotland, I think is is phenomenal to do that as a as a player and manager. Um, and you'll, you'll have his critics off the back of today. Um, and no one should shy away from that criticism. But I thought that, you know, dragging this team over the line, regardless of how we did it, shows some sort of character. And players like Connor Hazard stepping up at the right moment, Mikey Johnston stepping up to take a penalty after 10 months off. Um, quite remarkable, really. So, yeah, there are a lot of problems at Celtic right now, but, you know, that's it makes it especially important to take the good times as they come. And I would suggest today is certainly, certainly a good time for me. Right, we're going to get into all of this stuff over the next 45 minutes, but same question to you, Paul. Where do you come down on the positive-negative debate? And then I'll I'll chuck in my thoughts. I'm, I'm not I'm not going to be overly negative today. I, I don't think it's it's in my nature to be overly negative when we've just won a trophy. Um, regardless of how that was won, if we'd won it with a an own goal that that was that was dodgy as anything, that I still wouldn't be negative because we 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 are a we're a club that celebrates success and we've had more success today. There's negatives, of course there are. Um, there's, there's hardly a game goes by where there's no negatives, but we need to look at why we are in the situation we are with a, a quadruple treble. And the the questions eventually were answered by the players uh, on the pitch. We're still the only team in Scotland that can win trophies, by the way. So there is that, Hamish, before you start on your negative nonsense. Uh, that's exactly what I'm going to do, John. Now, today was a history-breaking day, or a history-making day. Incredible. We got over the line in the end. We won in penalties. I don't think I've you know, seen Celtic win a penalty shootout for a long, long time. I think it was Arthur Boric was, was the last one when he slotted against Dundee United. Amazing. Amazing feeling today. I celebrated like mad when Ayer slammed that final penalty in. But I'm very much a Celtic fan who is looking over the horizon and I'm seeing what's coming. and there's still huge concerns about where this team is going under Neil Lennon. And I'm not just talking about Rangers on whatever it is of January, 2nd of January. I'm talking about in general, because whenever a setback happens in a game, this team really struggles to get over it. That is a game we should have romped today when we were 2-0 up. Hearts were losing the rag, Halliday, Naismith. Um, the other midfielder, Irvin, was was completely been bossed by Scott Brown. And for whatever reason, when we came out in the second half, we let them back into it. And as much as we won the game, that was unforgivable for me. So, you know, you guys, tell tell all the positive stories you want and, and kid yourselves on. There are major problems at the club. It's not kidding ourselves on. I think it's being, I think it's being happy for, for what's happened. I, I think there'll be plenty of bumps in the road ahead. I'm sure there will be. But surely today... We can look at that and think that these players have got that winning feeling again. I know it came about in a dodgy way, um, and I know we're all frustrated. And there was, I think, there's severe tactical problems and all sorts of confidence issues in that team. And there's issues and questions to be asked about um, what this team do when they they 
they kind of suffered a setback in terms of conceding a goal. But that first half was was magic. The second half was one of the worst halves of the season. But you know, what about well, let's just say what about Edward's penalty? I mean that was right, just can we do it chronologically then. Okay. Can can we start with can we start with Ryan Christie? Amazing. You you love Ryan Christie, John. You're his number one fan. Yeah. I, I love Ryan Christie. I don't think he had a good game overall today, but you know what I said last week on the podcast was that um, he's a match winner and he's going to pop up at big moments, and that's why you have him in the team. And I think there's, you know, there's hardly anyone in that squad I feel like that can produce a goal like he did today. Um, perhaps him and Rogic are perhaps the only attacking midfielders who can do that kind of top corner business in a big moment in a big match. Um, and I think that's why Neil Lennon selected him today. I think that Christie comes in for a lot of stick and has done, especially over the last 12 months. Some of it's warranted. Some of it, I feel like, is a bit over the top. I think Christie has proven time and again that he's a match winner for us and can score big goals. He's done that for the last two years, um, and he's still popping up with these big moments. So although he missed the penalty in the end, you know that goal obviously helped us towards towards the trophy and the quadruple treble. So I would have him in the team for moments like that. I don't think it's something that Frimpong is capable of at the moment, for example, as much as I am a fan of him at the moment. Um, I would suggest that he's still got a bit of development to do. To, to It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I switched to Boost Mobile and got a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Want to know the best part? Uh, it was free? Nope. The fact that it's on America's largest 5G networks? Nope. It's the ding. Oh yeah, love the ding. Right? It's all about the ding. It's the dingarooski, the dingarona, the ring-a-ding-ding. Unleash your power to save with Boost. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone when you switch. Boost Mobile, unleash your power. And the ding. Limited time offer. New customers only. Available on select networks. 5G not available everywhere. One device per line. Tax excluded. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. Take produce big moments like that. Yeah, it was a terrific goal. It's never dull for Ryan Christie at Hamden, is it? I think he's played there four times for Celtic. He scored on three occasions. And the other one, he ended up in hospital after that horror injury against Aberdeen. Um, he scored in the semi-final against Aberdeen this year, Paul, with, you know, a terrific left-footed strike into the corner that you knew was in the minute it left his foot. And today, although it was a bit closer in and it was a different angle, he was kind of coming onto it. I'm not good at maths, but a more acute angle, and he curled it in. But just brilliant again um, from Ryan Christie. And it is big moments like that that win you trophies. I know Hearts come back and get it to extra time, but I suppose that is the difference that, that we had genuine match winners there. Yeah, I, I think as John mentioned earlier on, it's like a the season in one game. We've been through ups and downs, and it's it was it was main it was kind of like 
it was reversed because I think this season we've, we've kind of stepped up in the second half and whereas we were really, really good in the first half for, for a change and at half time, like Christie's goal is absolutely phenomenal and then you've got the penalty which we'll come on to. But you, you go in at half time and, and you're 2 nothing up. I don't know how things change so dramatically in the second half to to change, to make you think, right, what's going on here? We, we're we're hanging on by our fingernails to, to kind of hang on to, to, to this lead. And then, and then we can see the second goal, it's, it's basically get to extra time and we should have the, the strength to see it through. But I think players like Ryan Christie, um, you've got Tom Rogers who's done it in the past. You've, there, there are Edward is obviously one of the main Lee Griffiths. players. Lee Griffiths comes off the bench and, and does something quite Lee Griffiths-like and, and gets a poacher's goal. But we... We've seen so many different things in this game that I don't know if we can get through it in an hour, how, how much it's <laughs> be, how much we're talking about. But I think Ryan Christie's goal is up there with the best goals I've seen from a Celtic player in a, in a cup final. Um, it's just perfect the way it comes off his foot. Yeah. Leaves Craig Gordon, who's who's a great goalie, um, leaves him stand. Like, there's no chance of saving that. Um, I don't think many goalkeepers are saving that, to be honest. And, and the way he just finds that wee extra yard and, and pings it in, he has a similar chance in the second half and he blooms it over the bar. So, he can do it when, when the chances are, are given to him, but um, it's great to see Ryan Christie because I think the last couple of weeks maybe questions have been asked of him. Were we all expecting him to start? Probably. I, I didn't expect him to start the game, but um, he, he's certainly proven his worth with, with the goal. And saying a, any any goal in a, in a cup final is always going to be special, but that one was, was extra. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Craig Gordon, a great goalie, says Paul Fisher. John, he was a very angry goalie a few minutes later. Mm-hmm. Just talk about that. Um, I must admit, like you guys are in, were in the group chat where I, I predicted it. Uh, I knew that, um, I didn't know, but I had a wee feeling that Edward was going to try and Penenka. He did it against Copenhagen. Uh, Dembele did it in the exact same net for Celtic against another Andy Halliday team a few years ago. So... Just expertly taken, but what did you make of that whole thing? And what did you make of Craig Gordon's frustrations? Well, Craig Gordon wasn't a happy man. Um, I thought it was funny, first and foremost. I think Craig Gordon's done... I thought Craig Gordon was a great keeper for us over the years and, you know, respect him for putting up his, a brave fight today. But he's been moaning about Celtic throughout the summer, about all sorts of his contract issues, etc., I don't think Edward did that. I would disrespect. I think Edward just likes doing that against any goalkeeper. The fact they came against the, a former teammate um, and Craig Gordon, I mean, the way he took it, I think, was a bit over the top. Um, and the, the goalie, you know, Gordon, I think, did you see what Neil McCann said about it? He was the raging. No. Um, so anything that winds up Neil McCann is good in my books. Um, and I think that's what Edward's here for. He's here for moments like that. I know he missed chances today again. But he's a, he's, a, he's a cheeky wee so-and-so, isn't he? So I would uh, praise him for a, bit, a big moment like that, a bit of flair, a bit of magic. I can't remember who it was I saw on Twitter earlier, but they were saying if Stephen Naismith had penenked it against Hazard, I doubt that Neil McCann would be coming out with the same pattern that he did, disrespectful, whatever he wanted to say. Like, I don't know, what, what was Craig Gordon expecting? Was he expecting Edward just to dink it in his hands or to tell him what way he was going to go? Like, what, what was he expecting? It's a cup final, mate. I know. What do you think, Paul? Uh, it's, it's, it's brilliant. I, I absolutely, I absolutely love to see a Panenka. It's, I think it's just the epitome of class from, from a player, to be honest. I think the, to show the nerve to do that in any game is brilliant. But to do it in a cup final, big man just knows he, he's got it. Um, he, he can handle the pressure and... 
And it's just it's when it, when that goes in the back of the net, it's just you're celebrating. You're not thinking about Craig Gordon. He's he's had his tea. You know what I mean? That's that's that. It's it's done. So he's had his time, yeah. It, it has, and as John said, like folk might not agree that he's a great goalkeeper. I was will maintain he was very good for us, and um, he's probably still above championship level in terms of goalkeeper. But the reaction's over the top. Um, if that goes in top top bin, he's not going to react like that. It's he's just raging that his team's two nothing down, and and he's nothing he's done about it. If he, if he stands tall, he probably saves it. So um, I think it's, it's a fantastic penalty, and, and all credit to Edward for for stepping up and doing that. Dan Mack getting in touch saying Gordon showed a bit of class yeah. at full time. Did anyone catch that? What happened there? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I thought Gordon, after the penalty shootout, him and Connor Hazard were having a moment. They kind of embraced. And, you know, I think Connor Hazard's probably looked up to Craig Gordon a lot over the years. Um, you would have done at Lennox Town, etc. He's probably learned loads off of Craig Gordon. Um, and so it was nice to see, you know, the, the players go up to Craig Gordon as well. It wasn't just Hazard, it was other players from Pong and him beat on us on on the TV cameras. Look, I've got nothing against Craig Gordon. I still think Edward Panenka was brilliant. Um and, you know, Gordon's place in Celtic history is is apparent. He played a massive part in the nine in a row run and the quadruple treble run. That picture of him, you know, um knee, knees to the ground, you know, letting himself fall to the ground after oh. um, the Tom Rogers goal against Aberdeen is iconic. It's one of the my favourite images of the entire quadruple treble. Um, so fantastic, fantastic. Do you know, after that Tom Rogic goal, I was at that game and I've never celebrated a goal by running downstairs at Hamden. <laughs> and Tony Roper was a couple of rows in front of me, ended up embracing him, kissing him. Did you not lose convinced. as well? That was the belly, uh, oh. you know, back heel against Rangers last minute in the Betfred final. But the Scottish Cup final, embracing Tony Roper, who I had in my head was Rab C. Nisbet. But he's apparently not. It's just no. in Rab C. Nisbet. So I'm going no, about telling crazy. people, yeah, I'm, I'm going about, I don't know, it's before my time, but I'm going about telling people that I've been hugging Rab C. Nisbet after Tom Rogic's goal. And it just he wasn't the case. Fan. Yeah, and while I'm on, you know, stories about me messing up, I'm I'm pretty stunned to be honest that we've even been asked in this show, given my experience with the wonderful Paul John Dykes in, in Romania last year. And <laughs> let's just say the the cheap, the cheap. Uh, it's not even it wasn't even beer; it was cheap uh, vodka and stuff like that. And enclosure meant that I was in a hell of a state. So, uh, belated apologies to to Paul for having to put up with me at the Cluj Celtic game. Um, a meaningless game that uh, I was in a, a pretty bad state for. But anyway, we move on, guys. Half time today. How are you feeling, Paul? Were you? Well, I suppose it's a daft question, but you were pretty confident that the the quad treb, as I'm now calling it, was in the bag. Yeah, the feet were up, the cigars were out at half time. To be honest, it was. You're thinking honestly. I, I text I text my old man and said, "Do you think how many do you think we can get here? Do you think we can get five? Because we're talking about." <laughs> So then he he was he was talking about the charity weekender and he was he was buzzing for this he was buzzing for the game and, and he he was talking about five 0 and stuff like that hearts are hearts are a gang and all this kind of part <laughs> and, and at half time it looked like he was, he was going to be proven right but um, it, was, it was so strange to to go for to sheer joy and, and elation at half time sitting there thinking this is this is easy street um, and three minutes later I think it's you're you're starting to think oh, two 0 is a is a dodgy scoreline and, and when they go to one then the questions start to get asked and, and Liam McLeod rips out all the, the stats about teams that have 
been two nothing up in cup finals and all that kind of stuff that rips your knitting. But um, we, we at a half time, you, you think this is guaranteed. But I was gloating. I was gloating on Twitter. I think um, I was slagging Andy Halliday and Craig Gordon um, as you would. Andy, what about Andy Halliday's wee meltdown? See that? That was that was a good laugh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just sad there was no fans at the game to be able to sing the Andy Halliday song. But <laughs> it's it's pleasing to know that he'll be hurting tonight. Stephen Naismith will be hurting. And people forget who's one of the Hearts coaches. Who? Lee McCulloch. Lee McCulloch. Ooh. He will be hurting tonight as well. There's a there's a your own wee treble there. So excellent stuff. But you know, we're happy at half time. John, what happened? Because you're always expecting in a cup final, when a team's 2-0 down, you expect the opposition to throw caution to the wind a bit, have a bit of a go. Hearts did that, but we just didn't deal with it well at all. Yeah, um, same old defensive frailties, unfortunately. Um, God knows what's what's happening with those defenders at times. I mean, there was moments where we didn't even concede that just made you have your heart in your mouth with uh, you know that mix-up between Julian and, and Duffy at one point. Um, that was a nightmare. There was a few nightmares, and once the goal went in, I think the confidence just absolutely seeped out of these players, and that's been an issue all season. It's something they really need to work on if we're going to do anything going forward. Um, yeah, I, w- I wish we could just pretend that the match finished at half time. to be honest with you, because um, for the rest of the match... Well, well, maybe it makes difference. there's maybe not much nice to be said about Celtic after the halftime mark. It was it was truly awful until the penalty shootout. Um, the penalty shootout was good. When were you concerned? For me, the the moment was when those two diddies at the back managed to, you know, I, I don't even know what happened. Basically, it was the, the easiest ball for one defender to deal with. There was two of them there, and they somehow managed to actually play the ball in for. The Hearts boy Ginnelly, who who made you know forced uh, Hazard into a good save, but that was a moment for me, Paul, when when I started worrying. I think when when Hearts scored the the first one, that's that's kind of you, you start thinking, oh, here we go again. This is the the same old story that we've had for the last couple of months, and and to an extent it came true, but um, I, I know what you mean the the, um, the the in terms of that that calamity defending when the two of them came together. Um, there, there you go. Good forming clues. <laughs> I'm, I'm pleased about that. Pleased about that. I was very concerned. Sorry, carry on, mate. Uh, no, so, so, obviously, when you concede a goal, um, and as I said, 2-0 is, is a is a dodgy position to be in. You want that third goal to, to give yourself a bit of breathing space and, and heart score. And, and all of a sudden, they look up to it. Um, it's... It's, it's just so bizarre how, how we've seen it many times this season and Hearts could have scored a couple of goals, I think. They they had chances and, and we, we looked very shaky. But there's always that feeling, and long-time listeners of the Grand Old Podcast will know with me that, that we, we have that belief in, in the the ability to, to go on and, and win games even when we're, we're back against the wall and we're struggling. And deep down, I always thought, you were keeping the faith, Paul, were you? That's it. Keeping the faith, always keeping the faith. And you, you know, when 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 it went to two each, and then you know, any extra time, you thought, right, we've got the you've got the you've got the legs on this mob, and you think, right, okay, we'll we'll, we'll get there, and and we do score, but then another twist to come after that is just it's bonkers. Do you know what it reminded me of? And tell me if you disagree or agree with this. The Dundee United semi final from about twenty. Yeah, 
10 or something like that. That was under Lennon, and it felt that same kind of, God, this could go either way. Yeah, that, that was a nightmare. That was another roller coaster game. Um, yeah, another nightmare game. Um, what about, just just to touch on this, I know we'd kind of touched on it before, but what about Lee Griffiths bailing us out again? I mean, it's a few times he's done that for us now. That goal up at St. Johnston, he bailed us out. Um, he's becoming a bit of a good luck charm for Neil Lennon, who, if we don't forget, you know, signed him initially during his first spell as manager. Um, he just doesn't seem to be able to get a chance right now, but as long as he keeps scoring these massive, massive goals, I still think he should be in and around the team. Um, I was delighted to see him score today, but, you know, what's going on with him? Should he, do, would you bring him into the team now for Edward, who I thought was struggled again today apart from his penalty? I think Edward's a massive concern, isn't he, the way he's playing at the moment? And um, he did bits and bobs today, Edward, where he told the ball in and he played players off. But he's going to do that because he's a quality player. But we're just not getting enough from him at the moment. And um, yeah, in, t- in terms of Griffiths, you know, you look back at that derby defeat to Rangers when we were absolutely awful and created absolutely nothing the whole game, other than the El Yunusi chance that, that they put on a plate for us. But Griffiths comes on. And within about five minutes, he creates probably our second best chance in the game by running through. I don't know if you remember it. Goes around the keeper and then doesn't yeah. get a shot away. But he kind of squares it. But straight away, that's what Lee Griffiths brings you. Comes on against Milan, uh, scores in that game as well when we were struggling. Aberdeen's the other one away from home uh, up at Pataudry when he scores a, a brilliant finish to put us ahead or draw his level, whatever it was. That's what he brings you, but there's clearly... This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. So much else happening behind the scenes because he's barely seen and if you want to extend the conversation further, what is going on with Albion Ayeti? Like, this is a guy we've paid £5 million for, Paul, and he looked very good at the start, scored a lot of goals, a lot of big goals as well. But I think his last goal was against Hibs in September, and he's barely played since then. Yeah, it's, it's been a long time now, and I think the way that things have been going, you see Edward starting game after game, and it's as if he's the only player that, that Neil Lennon has full faith in to start a, a game up top at the moment. And even if he's not firing on all, all cylinders, I think John's right, Griffiths should be in and around the squad more. I think in, in league games and um, and obviously we've won out of Europe now, so no European games to worry about. Lee, Lee Griffiths should be starting games. And I think Ayeti, it's a mystery. It's, it's bizarre. It's... He started so 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 well. Um, we we thought we were onto a, a real a real winner, um, and September is a long t- it's a long time ago. And when he when we were playing okay when when he when he came into the the, the squad, he, he was he seemed to be to fitting in pretty well. And and then I think it's going to be tricky for him to get back in, um, especially if if Griffiths is scoring goals or if he's making an impact from the bench. Um, and then you've got obviously Edward can still can still have that bit of magic. I, I think to dismiss him is 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 not the thing to do just now. I think Edward still needs time. He's still probably our best quality player that we have. So 
Um, it's, it's a problem that, that the, the management have got. Um, who, who, who starts up front? And is there, is there a case for two strikers and, and who, are the, who the two strikers are? What do you think, John? Yeah, I think Edouard's going to get a bit more time in the team and probably rightly so, given his natural ability. You know, the fact that he, he tried that Penenka today probably shows that he still has confidence. Um, just the, the chances that he missed are a bit of a concern. Um, but yeah, I'm a big fan of Griffiths, big fan of the way he scored the goal. Um, and it's just it's good to have a goal scorer on the bench that can come in and kind of bail you out like that. Um, otherwise, today could have turned out very differently. I don't know if any of you guys saw Edward during the trophy celebrations, but he looked absolutely delighted. He had a huge, oh, huge yeah. grin on his face. This is face. huge for but the players, know, This is huge for the players, I think. You know, but people who put out that image that Edward isn't interested at all, like you only had to look at his reaction there to winning that trophy. Um, we'll go on to that in a wee second. Uh, first thing, in terms of penalties, what's your guys' experience of Celtic and, and penalty shootouts. We had that Dundee United one oh, I touched on earlier. The big one was the Spartak Moscow one. Um, any other kind of ones prior prior to that, John? You, you're a little bit older than me. One of my first ever games. Um, this is this is going to probably get people's blood up a bit. One of my first ever games as a Celtic fan with my dad and my uncle and my cousins. We all went along to Ibrox to watch Celtic versus Wraith Rovers in the Coca Cola Cup final. And my idol, my hero, um, the guy I looked up to as a wee Celtic fan, Paul McStamus, apparently, and I was got I think I was crying that day. Um so I don't have much luck with Celtic penalty shootouts, unfortunately. Um so yeah, probably just as well I wasn't in Hamden today. Paul? Um, same as you, I think, Hamish, to be honest. I don't think there's been there's not been many over the years, thankfully. I think penalty shootouts are, are pretty nerve wracking and pretty dreadful for your health, to be to be to be frank. Um the obviously most recent one that, that most people uh, watching this will have seen was the Scotland penalties, and and that was brilliant. And and today, when when Gordon saves Christie's penalty, you feel the worst. You feel that yeah. the writing is on the wall. But um, I think we need to have a wee five minutes and talk about Connor Hazard and that penalty shootout. This is a guy who's scored uh, since played how many games for Celtic? Two, three games for Celtic. That's He's a guy. We have three goalkeepers at the squad, and and they've been rotating. Round and he was a man picked for today. Um, and Neil Lennon knew that the, the penalties was was a was a possibility. Um, and he's, he's left him under the pressure of that. And, and you would think getting towards the end of the 120 minutes, he would be his mind would be focused on that. And he stepped up to the plate in, in big big fashion with two magnificent saves. Were they magnificent, John? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I need I need to tear up a notch. Sorry. No, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, why, why describe them as magnificent all you want, Paul? I'm, I know you're a big, you're a big fan of positivity, so we'll we'll let you have that one. Um, yeah, penalties are. I hate penalties. I hate penalties, and apart from like the World Cup, I think penalties are a bit of a, a bit of a nuisance. And when Celtic are involved, it just, um, it, uh, yeah, rips you rips you apart a wee bit. It was a good yeah. looking through though. Yeah. No, I'm delighted. As I say, three from three for me. Um, my mum hates football. She can't watch it. The only part of football she will watch is a penalty shootout. Um, and she was in today as well. And she's obviously a complete neutral in the whole situation, but she just said from you know, an onlooker watching on how negative you are in general if you're watching your team in a penalty shootout. Everyone you say, God, he's going to miss. He's going to miss. He's going to miss. When in reality... 
only Ryan Christie missed it. The other penalties were, were really good. McGregor's was absolutely brilliant into the corner. Um, and you've got to remember it's into a keeper who knows them really well, a keeper who's trained with them. And Gordon, I think, guessed right for basically all of the penalties. Um, hmm. Ayer obviously slams his down the middle late on. Um, and an amazing moment. Where does that moment rank, guys? No fans in Hamden, a weird, we all know the, the weirdness of the whole situation, but in years to come, it's it's an iconic Celtic moment, isn't it? Yeah, I think the it is, and it's so difficult to judge right now because everything's everything in society is upside down. Never mind Celtic, and it's hard to know where your feelings lie. But I think I'm I'm just kind of resting easier on the achievement more than the match itself. Um, and hopefully, everyone is in the same boat. You know, I'm not going to pretend that that was a classic Celtic game. I actually didn't enjoy it after the first half. Um, it was just too nerve-wracking for me. Um, I'm just glad it wasn't, you know, against them. It was only against Hearts. We 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 um, tap on the head, Hearts, Paul. Yeah, I, I think the the image of of Chris Iyer pumping his fists out and running away towards the rest oh. of the team will be will be iconic. Um, I think the fact that this treble run is has come to an end, we won't win a treble this season. So we four trebles in a row won't be seen in anyone's lifetimes. It won't this is this is a one off and I think we've said that for the I think we said that for the treble treble, but now it really is the, the truth that this is a one off. It's it's an absolutely phenomenal achievement. And there'll be images that we'll maintain throughout the, the run. John mentioned one of, of Craig Gordon on his knees with his hands in the air. The the rain hitting out the back of the net in that final when Tom Rogic scored in that video um is phenomenal. I think Odson Edward going through and scoring against Hearts last season when everybody stood up at the same time and you know lifts the ball into the back of the net is another one. And there's plenty more. But um this game as a neutral I would imagine it would have been very good to watch up and down um a lot of a lot of good points in, in the game. Even though there are no fans there, I think towards the end it was the first half was a bit drab, but the the second half really picked up as a spectacle, and and we'll look back at it. This way, we massively fond memories that that we actually came through and won the game. It's obviously very raw just now, and and I'm I'm riding on a wave of of a high. Um, it's just I, I can't I, I can't they can't wait the smile off my face for the next wee while. It's just it's, it's phenomenal. Fantastic, mate. No, it's a, it's a historical day for the club. We are recording this podcast live during the Quadruple Treble Charity Weekender. If you are listening to this as a podcast, um, that's why we're going to bring in some comments. If you get any questions, points you want to raise in the live chat on YouTube, uh, get involved. We had one coming in there a second ago that I can no longer find. Uh, John Sanderson. There it is. Uh, do you guys think that this final win could turn our season around, John? Hmm. I'm not sure if it, it, it'll turn the season around. It certainly doesn't make it hit the buffers, which is what a loss would have done today. I think I said this on Twitter earlier, but I think you know what what happened after the the Leal and the Comanic games. I think the Celtic support almost made a truce with the team and the manager in the sense that they said, right, we'll back you. If you're gonna if you're gonna show that kind of commitment in these matches, if you're gonna try your hardest um to win these games, then we'll back you and we'll try to be as positive as we can be. Um so I think that truce continues for now. I think it's a shaky truce and it goes on from game to game. Um but I think 
the squad will feel that was achievement, and it is. The squad will feel buoyant about that, and you know they won't be taking any of the context of what's happened so far this season. They'll need to block that all out and have belief in themselves. And ultimately, it probably doesn't matter how the fans feel about today and 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 the achievement in general, or or the kind of mistakes that happened today as well, or the negativity surrounding the team and the club at the moment. All that really matters in terms of winning matches with no fans at the ground. Is how the players feel about themselves and each other and the manager. Um, and so hopefully that was all galvanising for them today. That's what we have to hope for. Um, we really need to win, you know, most of our matches remaining in the season. That's how, that's the situation we're in, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. There's a 16-point gap to Rangers. And, you know, if we win all our games in hand and beat them at Ibrox, which is obviously a big task, then that reduces to four. Um, so that's what the players need to remain focused on, but they also just need to take it game by game. The match against Ross County, they're coming to Celtic Park managerless um, after sacking Stuart Kettlewell, um, but they'll, they'll have belief in themselves and those players that they can pick up a result against Celtic. So the players need to the players need to just get on with this now and make sure that these mistakes are cut out, make sure that today was a galvanising moment for them and, and pick up a win on Wednesday. That's you know, it's as important. It's game by game at the moment. So I don't know if it turns the season around, but it certainly gives us a boost heading into Wednesday night. This is a fairly new Celtic team, and Celtic in general have won everything domestically for the last four seasons. But when you consider that the league title that we won last season wasn't given to us in the normal way. Yes, we had Scott Brown himself and Neil Lennon photos and all that kind of thing, but... We didn't really get to celebrate that triumph as a team in front of supporters and all that kind of thing. And I know that today wasn't in front of supporters, but for so many players in that Celtic squad, today was their first real taste of success at the club. You know, Connor Hazard, uh, mm-hmm. Diego Laxalt, Shane Duffy, uh, Ismaila Soro, David Turnbull, and then other players that, that didn't you know, get involved, like Albi Nagetti. Um, there's a lot of players there that could hopefully take a real boost from achieving something. Brendan Rodgers always spoke in his time at the club about the most important trophy of the season being the Betfred Cup because it gave his squad a tangible reward for their hard efforts at the start of the season. Now, admittedly, the start, or whatever you want to call it, the first half of this season has been a bit of a disaster. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. But Paul, the team have been given some sort of reward for it and hopefully we can only cross our fingers and hope that they really kick on from this now because it's a bit of pressure off, you know, as well, having won this. Yeah, I think so. I think this this cup final has been kind of hanging over us for a while. That it's been upcoming and we knew, we knew that um, in all probability we're going into this game where that some other teams might pick up points when we're out of league duty. Um, but we know now that we are, we, we know this team are a team of winners when it when it comes to to the punch. It's it's a team that knows how to to grind out results. And I know it's been disappointing. You say it has been very tricky to to watch Celtic. It's been frustrating at times. It's been it's brought out anger in a lot of people and, and justified in many occasions. But you just hope that now that when we, the, the players look at this tomorrow, and I'm sure they'll be celebrating tonight. But if they look at this tomorrow, when they analyse what's happened, they'll look at what they've done wrong, they'll look at what they've done right and and they'll know that history was made and, and now they have the chance to go on a run and do a lot of a lot more 
um, there is there is a big mountain yeah. in the league. There is a big mountain to climb in the league. Well, obviously, next this season, Scottish Cup to look forward to as well. But the league is the priority. I think everybody will recognise that now. But there's there's some big games coming up, and and I don't think we can take the eye off the ball coming into Wednesday night. Ross County, obviously, they beat us the last time out. They're going. They're coming manager list. We need to make a, a statement of of intent on Wednesday to show that. We are not just here to make up the numbers. We are here to 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 make that number ten. Yeah, that I mean that's that's the way I feel. Um, I'm just looking. I was scrolling through the the various Twitter feeds, and Celtic have obviously retweeted a lot of cup final positivity messages from you know Joe Ledley and players like that. It does kind of bring it home a little bit that we have achieved something magical here. You I see Shane Duffy is posted um, with the caption "History Makers." David Turnbull saying simply, oh, what a day. So, you know, that's a couple of players there that I just mentioned as this being their first trophies as Celtic players, but not just that. I mean, has Shane Duffy won a trophy before in his career at professional level? Is David Turnbull? So those are special moments for those players today, John. Yeah, special moments. But I think Paul Paul's right. I think they still need to evaluate the things that are going wrong. I think there needs to be a lot more accountability for some of these players um, you know some of the performances just aren't good enough and you know although they'll take solace in the fact that they won the trophy today um, you know they, they can't just rest on, on that you know they can't just say right that's in the bag and you know that means we're the best team in Scotland they've, they've got to they've got to prove that time and time again in every single match that's just the reality of life at Celtic Um you know, it's not about focusing on negatives. It's not about um, any of that. It's just, you know, you're only as good as your last game at Celtic as, as we've witnessed this season. Um, so the players need to make sure that some of the performances today um, improve for next time. Let's just say that. And what about Neil Lennon? Because mm-hmm. a brilliant day for him as much as a club. Um, I think it's fair to say I'm not talking out of turn here when I say that today won't have got too many Celtic supporters back on side. I think we'd, we'd certainly hope that we'd be more convincing in our victory. We did still win. But what about Neil Lennon? Is he still fighting a, a game-to-game battle, John? Or are, is it all about that that Rangers game at, at the start of the year? The club have made it clear that he's getting until January regardless of what happens. Um, and I think if we'd lost today, I think he's probably still would have been in a job, to be honest with you, because the board just aren't going to take any of the drastic action, even as loud as fans have been on the issue. Um, you could think that that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that's the reality of it. Um, they made it, as I say in that statement, they made it quite clear it wouldn't be reviewed until the new year. So everything rests on these next f- three matches in the league and then the Derby Ibrox. Um, if we win all four of those matches, I think that obviously you'll you'll get deeper into the season. You'll get the January transfer window. Um, it's about whether the players can do that, though. There's been massive question marks about our consistency. Um, and, you know, I, for me, I, I was actually more annoyed at the players at points today rather than Lennon. There was a lot of anger directed at Lennon because of some of the decisions he made. But for me, the, the players kind of let themselves down in that second half, especially letting a two-goal lead slip. Um, so they need to look at themselves as well. There's, you, know, you could fire around blame to a lot of people at Celtic at the moment, but I think it, you know the reality is that everyone's culpable to some sort of degree. Um, for Neil Lennon, 
he needs to just keep winning. As I say, it's a game to game thing now. I think um, in terms of fan feeling about it, certainly. I know. I mean, I was I was coming out today, you know, worried about Neil Lennon's future at Celtic, and you know, the thing is, no one can take this achievement away from from him. But going deeper into the season, what does it mean for Celtic season that performance today? Um, Paul, what's your thoughts? Uh, I think one of the comments here, um, Bill Smith has brought up saying that today should be Lenny's last game in charge, go out on a high. And I think that's that's an opinion that many have formed going into this game, that, that if Celtic did lift the trophy, that, that Neil Lennon would walk away um, as, as a successful treble winning manager and treble winning player. I think it's... It's not going to happen, though, is it? Like, let's let's be frank about that. He's he's not going to win a competition and decide to to throw in the towel. It's 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 going to be it's going to be tough. I think going forward, I think John's right. I think the the way that the players react to this is is going to be paramount, and the way that the the next four games go are going to define the season. Um, there are four four really massive games coming up. Um, let's not let's not kid on that. Today is, is going to paper over all the cracks, but I think with with the, the team that's there, we have to believe that they have the quality to, to win these four games. Um, it's not going to be easy by by any stretch, but I think if we can can galvanise on, on the back of a couple of victories and many many positives over these victories, um, and and look on and push on, then I think that. The, the better things will happen in 2021. I think we hope that for, for a lot of things, to be honest, in, in the current climate, but um, for Celtic especially, because when Celtic are winning, it gives us so much joy. Um, I think it, as a collective, we, we know, we felt that today. Um, how how much better are you feeling today after um, after last night's uh, nonsense? So it's like, it's night and day. Um, I think that that we, we can, and we, we, can, we can come back. There, there's a long way to go. Um, is Neil Lennon the right man for the job? I don't, I don't think it's, it's really a debate because I think, as John said, he's going to be here till January um, regardless. I think you hit on a key point there. As Celtic fans, we want to get behind the team. We don't want to be chatting about you know, whether Neil Lennon should, should stay or go. So we want nothing more than Celtic to go on a really good run of winning games because... In every walk of life as, as Celtic fans, it's it's much tougher when, when the team isn't performing. Um, I just want to bring up a comment there from, from Kenny McAdam, summing up how I'm feeling. Uh, he says, an amazing achievement today, record-breaking, and we should celebrate. But management again today proved they are lacking. They need change in order to win the league. Good time for him to go. Um, mm-hmm. I think that sums up, uh, you know, there's been a, a few comments saying that we're now being slightly overly negative. Um, I think that there is a feeling that there is a lot wrong with Celtic at the moment, but hopefully we've touched on the positives as well. Just on that final point from Kenny, good time for him to go. There's no chance of that happening, is there? Neil Lennon walking after, you know, um, such a high today. Maybe the question shouldn't be, is there any chance of it happening? John, do you, do you think that him doing that would be a good move? No, 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 no. I, I mean, we we need to, as long as we're winning, we just need to keep it going. You know, the, we'll know when it's time again. You know, as we've said, the the Rangers game is make or break. Ibrox. You know, we'll know. We, we, you know, it's daft to to consider Lennon going tomorrow or anything like that. I know people are saying that on Twitter, and there's there's people you know very anxious at the moment, and they've got a right to be anxious because of what they see on the park, but. You know, as long as we keep winning, we need to see this out. You know, the club, you know, if, if he was going to go, he would have gone probably after 
that Ross County defeat in the League Cup. If he's staying beyond that point, I think we've got to see this through now for, for better or worse. You know, we've got yeah. to see it through to, to against Rangers at Ibrox and we've got to, to keep the team in place we've got at the moment. It would make no sense to, to sack Neil Lennon or any nonsense like that over before then. Um, it just doesn't make sense. I think when we didn't sack him after that county game or the Sparta Prague second one, and more certainly St Johnson one, we we'd made our bed with that and we'll see how it turns out. Not going to be overly negative, as I say, from, from this point onwards. I think we'll, we'll finish. We've got about seven minutes or so to go. Um, I think we'll finish just by by talking about how amazing an achievement it is. Like For me, growing up as a Celtic fan, trebles were this holy achievement that we couldn't ever get. I mean, yes, we won it in 2001. I, I didn't really support Celtic that young, but you know, through the the tens, um, the amount of times we threw away possibilities and chances to win trebles, Ross County, um, Inverness, sorry, the second Ross County, Inverness, there was a Rangers final, Kilmarnock, remember that one, the final. And now we've just stumbled across this Celtic team for the last four years that all they do is win domestic trophies. We haven't just won one treble. We haven't just won two either. And it's not been three. We've won four. One of them is invincible. Trebles. The first one, we didn't lose a single game. Like, say what you want about this current team. But in decades to come, we will look back at this time and go, that was just like the best time ever to support Celtic. Won't we, Paul? Yeah, I think so. And I think discussing trebles is, has been, has thankfully become a norm. It's been, it's been brilliant these last uh, four seasons to, to be able to, to talk about the achievements that so many different players and, and obviously a couple of different managers have, have managed to do. Um, there's so many players in this team that are just getting started at Celtic, but there are a few that are, have been around for, for a long time. And, and it's, it's one of these things that I think we mentioned it on the podcast when we won the, I think when we won the second one, that um, is something that was was unheard of, to be honest. And now we've done four. I think winning four trebles is, is second only to to the European Cup. I think they're the two monumental things that have happened in Celtic history. Um, you place it above nine in a row. Which one? Well, either. <laughs> Got you there, Harry. Uh, I, I think I think nine in a row. I think obviously the thing that surrounds nine in a row is, is, is getting to that illustrious ten. Um, I think that you put that, it above ten in a row. No, I don't. I don't think you can. I think if you if you win ten in a row um, this season, then ten in a row is generational. It is incredible. Um, we've got another five months before we find out the answer to that question. But I think I, I don't think you can you can do anything to to diminish the. Achievement that this side and the, the three sides before, because obviously players have, have come and gone, um, but this is it's just absolutely incredible. It's it's a phenomenal time, like regardless of any negativity going about just now, it's a phenomenal time to be a Celtic fan. Growing up with this, like I, my my first real season that I remember, my first real Celtic game that I remember when I was I was ten years old when when we hammered Rangers six two, and then go into that season, you know, like. Phenomenal, and I'm thinking, oh, this is brilliant. We'll do this every season, and no, of course that doesn't happen. But we've done it for the last four seasons, and it's it's an achievement that you cannot wipe away. We are by far the way the the domestic dominators of Scottish football. We have been for four seasons, and these these times will not be seen again for for a, for a long while. 
I don't think they'll ever be seen. I don't think a, a team will ever do this again. And um, what about favourite games and goals of from the quadruple treble to finish off? Rogic against Aberdeen. Is that there's a consensus on that? Yeah, it remains the only Celtic goal to have made me cry. So yeah, mm. yeah, good stuff. Amazing. Yeah. There's, there's so so many going through my head right now. I think this this I think um, Rogic comes up a few times. I think for for a lot of people, doesn't he? Um, the game against Motherwell when when the the unbeaten run was on the line uh, is what is up there um, to, to come back in that game was was phenomenal. Um, and then there's, there's so many from, from so many players. I think Edward Ash's yeah. hearts last year. Edward mm-hmm. run through um, Samirovic header. I think just in, in general terms of, of the way what that represented in, in that game, I think was was a, a fantastic goal. And um, but I think Tom Rogic against Aberdeen um, will remain the, the best Celtic goal that many of us have seen. The greatest. Right, we're almost out of time. Before we go, just a few bits and bobs uh, to get through. Uh, big thanks to, to Paul John Dykes for asking these three numpties on to, to chat about Celtic. Really appreciate um, him asking us on. And also, just what an incredible weekend he's put together. And, you know, the fruits of that are in the, um, the amount that's been raised so far. I don't actually have an update. I feel like I'm in children in need at the moment um, mm-hmm. where, you know, they read out the, the number. I think it was around 21,000 last time. So everyone get your hand in your pocket and get involved because there's four uh, really good charities there. Rock Talk, Food Facts, Friends, Food Bank, Children First and Help for the Homeless. Big thanks, as I said, at the start of the show to um, GRV Media and 67 Hail Hail for sponsoring this as well. Um, John... Uh, selfless plug for the Grand Old Podcast. Where can they, they find us on Twitter if they, they've liked what they've heard? Yeah, Grand Old Pod on Twitter. Um, we're also out weekly, usually on a Monday or a Tuesday, um, just chatting about everything Celtic. We've not gone into loads of issues today because I wanted to focus on the quadruple treble for people on the stream. Um, but we're usually talking about all sorts. And it's usually, you know, being live on YouTube, it's a bit it's a bit stressful, Hamish. I don't know about you. Um it's a bit it's a bit crazy, so we're usually a little bit more relaxed than the podcast recording. Um yeah. So check us out and stay tuned for the next show. And congratulations to, to Paul John for an incredible weekend, raising so much money for charity, giving people so much entertainment. The amount of work he must have put into this weekend is unbelievable. Organizing all these different pods for starters, sorting out loads of sponsorship, loads of graphics, um, keeping everyone engaged and um, excited throughout the days and you know the promotion of it was great as well Mark Hughes giving his thoughts John Hartson, and all the players um, fantastic work and delighted to be part of this community I think the Celtic podcasting community is unbelievable um, and I'm proud to be part of it so yeah good well done to everyone
As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.